Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice if you will in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will like to him a wise man who built his house on the rock. I want you to notice in verse 24, the wise man is the one who hears the word and he does it. I want you to notice the opposite of that in Matthew 7 and 26. For everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And our theme scripture for this year, of course, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Based on that, we're going to talk to you from the subject this morning, the family structure. The family structure. I believe that the family structure is important to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what I mean by the family structure, how our families are formed, how they are arranged, and how they are ordered. I believe that's important to God. See, a family, even in its infant stage, the family members must be mindful of who they allow to shape their thinking, their talking, and their actions. Whoever influences us on how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to secure a wife, or how to wait for their husband, they are individuals who influence us. Amen. And I, I just echo and I agree with what you said, that the family structure is, is so important. And in the days that we're living in, if there's any structure, a covenant that has been under attack, it is the family structure. And, and that being said, we know that when there's a healthy family, healthy families produce healthy communities. It produces healthy churches. It produces, um, you know, a, a stronger value and moral system. And so how we are arranged and how that, that family is built at the very beginning is, is so important. And, and when we, again, as Pastor said, when we are mindful of who is influencing us, um, be it the husband, be it the wife, be it the children, um, we have to know that it's planting a seed in our family. And you say, well, I'm single. Well, well, that's okay because how you acquire that married person or how you live that single life can also impact your happiness as a family. And so it doesn't say that it has to just be um, limited to married couples, but even more so as a single person because you are allowing seeds or influences to be imparted on the inside of you that helps to help your thinking and shaping your mindset when it comes to how a family should be. And so for husbands, if you uh, are constantly taking advice from, you know, as to how to be a husband and you're, you're getting that advice from, you know, your uncle or your best friend or somebody that's been married three times, divorced four times, uh, you got to be careful. Because that advice that they're telling you may not sustain your structure. It may not give you what you need in order to be able to have a family the way that God would have you to have it. 
Um, sis, you, 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 we know how it is. Sometimes we just want to have someone to talk to and, you know, we want to spill the tea and, 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 and we want to talk to our girlfriends. But you got to be very, very careful because the same girlfriend that will get your tea is the same girlfriend that will try and be at your table. You cannot allow everybody to impart on the inside of you. You've got to be very, very mindful of that. And, and even when it comes to married folk, and, and I say this with merit, I, I'm not talking about I want to be married, I think I'm married. I'm talking about married folks that seal with the covenant of God. You cannot allow everybody to speak into your family or begin to give you advice because it may not be godly advice. It could be what they thought they would have done. Or it could be that they're trying to live through you. But you can't afford to allow that what goes on in your household to be in the hearts and mind of everyone. That's why you have to have a good godly pastor. That's why you have to have, you know, good godly spiritual mature people to be able to have conversations that will pray with you, that will be an example before you. So, yes, pastor, the, uh, the order and the arrangement and the structure of the family is so important. And it impacts our children in ways that we cannot even imagine. We say they're young, they don't know what's going on. But we don't know the enemy is trying very hard to paint an image in their mind of what to be like when I grow up. So if daddy is beating on mama, then guess what? That's what I think it should be. I think I should beat my woman or I think I should be beaten by my man. Now, that's, t- that's heavy, that's tough, but I'm telling you what's happening with the family structure. And so we have to be very, very, very mindful of making sure that we're getting the word of God and we're allowing that word to change who we are. And that's why we need knowledge and understanding. I don't think there's one person in this sanctuary that doesn't need knowledge and understanding when it comes to our relationships when it comes to our families, when it comes to how to raise children, when it comes to our relationships. And see, the Lord knows that. That's why he gives to each family a pastor or a shepherd to feed us with knowledge and understanding. Go with you, mind, to Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. And in Jeremiah three fifteen, it states, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. And we know that that my is referring to the Lord Jesus' heart. He said, I am going to designate. I am going to produce. In other words, I'm going to appoint. Everybody can't be your shepherd because God didn't appoint them to be in your life, not in that capacity. He says, I have a shepherd I've set aside that they've been through some stuff that you're going to go through. Come on now. They've been through some financial storm that you think will never end. They've been through some marriage trouble that you thought never existed. He says, but I have designated them. I will give you shepherds according to my heart. And they have a task. That task is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. What am I saying? That the, 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 the gift of God that God sent to us is going to govern us. He's going to teach us rule us, advise us, counsel us with the knowledge of God and with understanding. Understanding has everything to do with insight on how to handle situations. 
how to comprehend that word, not just to come and hear that word and it rolls right off, but I, I need somebody that can break it down to me so that I can understand it, that I can walk away with it and say, mm, 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 that was good on today. Now I know my next step. Now I know my next instructions. So God loves us so much that he gives us a shepherd to minister to us about every aspect of our lives, including the family. And even if the, your pastor and first lady or that mature Christian hasn't gone through exactly what you're going through, they have enough, enough God in them to give you biblical guidance into what to do and to what not to do. They can't tell you exactly what to do because you've got to be get with God to do exactly what to do. But you can have biblical guidance that will help you along the way. This brings us to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. The book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Thank God for building a house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26, for everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell, and great was its fall. I want you to notice the first part of Matthew 7 and 24, that whoever hears these sayings of mine. So we got to hear, we got to understand, we got to comprehend and take heed to the written and the revealed word of God. And when you take heed to it, we need to do it. We need to carry it out. We need to execute it. We need to produce what the word is saying into our lives. That's why... The Bible says, when you do this, you will be a wise man, a prudent man, an intelligent man. That's why it's so important that every family member strive daily to hear the word and do it in order to strengthen our spiritual as well as our natural family. Because when you do that, it takes care of weaknesses that the enemy can see in your life. And let me say this to you. I don't know one family yet that doesn't have a weakness. But we shouldn't let that weakness bring us down. We shouldn't let it bring us down. Because it can cause an uneven distribution of weight to be placed on other members of the family, be it duties and responsibilities, financial weight, parenting weight, and so forth. See, God's word gives us insight as well as strength and power and ability to carry out the weight and responsibility of a husband or a wife or a child or a parent. We all got a job to do. Every one of us got a job to do in a household. But we need to do it according to God's word to keep us, and I hate to use the word, but I'm going to use it here, balance. Now, of course, you know, with God, God doesn't do things the way we think it ought to be done. So when you obey him, that's balance. When you obey him, that's balance. If you're looking for something to be all, listen, five, 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 don't look for that for God. 
You know, God can take one one seed and turn it into a whole loaf. Are y'all following him? So we know we, when God tells you to do something, whatever he tells you to do, that's your balance. That's your balance. Well, Pastor, I, I lost sleep. You obeyed God, that's your balance. I did. I sacrificed something. I, I, well, you sacrificed, that's your balance. Because your obedience is better than sacrifice. That's I'm good, stopping. Pastor. That's good. You feeling that, aren't you? That's what I'm stopping. I'll tell you now. Going back to Matthew 7 and 24, then we're going to even look at that latter part a little closer. But he said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him a wise man who built his house on the rock. And and when we look at that passage just, just mentioned earlier, a prudent man, a prudent man is one who has good sound judgment. And how many of you know that? We want people in our lives with good, sound judgment. We don't want you to make decisions because you felt a whim or you you had an itch or you had something going on. We want you to have some good judgment, especially when it comes to a financial investment. Oh, I just felt like it. No, no, no. You don't just feel like spending five, $600. I need you to have some good judgment on how you are dealing with that particular matter. But the, the, the Lord says, I will liken to him a wise man. And hey, when we hear God's word and we produce that word, he calls us wise. He says that we're wise. And so families who have existed beyond 24, 48 hours, you know, floods and rain is going to come. Storms are going to come. But the Bible says, I will liken to him a wise man who built his house on the rock. In other words, this man has built his family on the rock. Something that's strong, something that's solid, something that's proven, something that's not going to be easily moved or moved or easily swayed. If we live long enough, storms are going to happen. As beautiful as this weather is, and the last two days have been absolutely gorgeous. But how many of you know sooner or later a storm is coming? Sooner or later rain is going to fall. Sooner or later the wind is going to get up. And, and, and usually around March, you know when you hear the wind and it's just like breathing, it's like, it's like that wind is like singing a song outside. It is so breezy. Yeah, when that wind begin to hit a household, when the storms of life begin to hit a household, it begins to impact it in so, in such a way it can cause Light damage, medium damage, heavy damage, and guess what? Sometimes it's structural damage. And structural damage, when it comes to the family, that's when separation starts. Those conversations come up. That's when I'm getting tired. That's when, that's, 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 that's those times when divorce starts coming into the conversation. Isolation and rejection starts coming into the conversation. That means that something wasn't as prepared as what the Lord said it should be. Matthew seven twenty five. I want you to notice when, before we read Matthew twenty seven twenty five, the combination of things that's happening all at one time. Rain descended, floods came, winds blew, and beat on that house. I ain't talking about no light, nothing light. I'm talking about they beat on that house. Rain descended, came down, floods came, winds blew. And it beat on that house. And it did not fall. Ooh-wee. I like that. 
It did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. The, the, it, was, it was settled on the rock. It, 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 it was, it was, its foundation was on the rock, that which is strong and solid. It was on the rock. But let's look at Matthew 7, 26. Because there's two kind of houses you can be in. You can be a one on the rock, and you can be a one on the sand. Let's look at what the text says. Matthew 7 and 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine. So he's saying, you're hearing them. You, 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 you're in the midst. You, you, you're going to church. You're doing the church thing. You're hearing what I say. You understand what I'm saying. And does not do them. Will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. I don't know about you, but let me tell you something about saying. Mm-mm, it ain't going to hold you. So I recall, some of these sisters can attest to this. I may have told before. We went on a trip. And we were about to leave, but we wanted to take some cute pictures on the, at the ocean. And we were in a touch van. Now I can tell you, you know how you don't want to say something in front of your mama while you're young, but now you're like, oh, yeah, we got the church van out now, I'm going to tell you. We got an, in some sand. And it looked solid. But that van kept going deeper and deeper and deeper in that sand. <laughs> and so we didn't want to call anybody. Hallelujah. Because we wanted to be responsible women. Let me tell you about sand. You can't play around with sand now. Especially that right kind, that soft sand. We said, well, let's get a piece of plywood and put it up under the tie. Lord Jesus, thank God the tie didn't blow out. Or anything fall on us didn't work. We said, well, maybe we got a little rock or something. Like we knew we couldn't push it out, but maybe we get something else. Didn't work. We had to call help because we were sitting on sand. And sometimes when them houses built on sand, you better call for help. Because the Bible says, he lets us know, he says that um, more specifically, when you don't do the word, it's like a foolish man. I was like, now I ain't finna get stuck down here. As pretty as this ocean is, I got to go back to work so I can get to the ocean another day. We got to go, right? And so you have to realize you can't be foolish. You can't just say, well, I heard the word and church was good and I shouted. But, you know, I ain't trying to do all that pastor said. I mean, later down, she was talking that stuff, but I ain't trying to hear all that. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Jesus said, you being like a foolish man. Like an ungodly, an unholy man who built, who founded your house on sin. Let me tell you about the ways of a fool. Proverbs, Psalms 14 and 1, it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. I ain't trying to be no fool. Proverbs 12 and 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Let me tell you what. A fool will get you in a situation. Mm -mm -mm -mm. A fool will cause chaos in their own family. Confusion, destruction, to the point that it will destroy their household and they still won't ask for help. One thing that Pastor knew on that van that day, he had no fools. Because honey, we call for AAA 
please come get us out of this sand. And that's how it is with your family. If you know that your family is in danger, if you know that something is going on, even as a single person, you're just like, I just don't feel right about this. Like, I think I love this person, but I ain't really sure. You better call for help. Don't be a fool now. Because that may not be the right person. How about that? God may have something else in store. But sometimes when we get in our own emotion, in our own mind, we'll make it right. But that don't mean that that's the right thing to do. And look, the Lord, he's saying, he said, don't, you got to hear that word. You know when it's lining up with the word. You understand the word. He said, but you got to, not only that, you got to execute that thing. You got to produce that thing so that your your household will not be on sand. Matthew seven twenty seven. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And this time it fell. Mm. It fought, fell into ruin, it perished, and it ceased. And not only that, and great was its fall. It was mighty intensive, the fall. See, storms tell you how your structure is built. Mm. Storms tell you how your structure is built. See, based on that scripture, let me say, oh, let me, oh, gotta, gotta share this with you. Uh, the Lord kind of showed me this this morning. And he said, the only person who has not built on sand in their lifetime was Jesus himself. Let me explain what I'm saying. We've all had to rebuild. It's something in our lives. If it's your prayer life, you thought you were praying, and God said, now, you can pray more effectively. Remember what the disciples said? Lord, teach us how to pray. They were praying, but he said, Lord, teach us how to pray. In other words, rebuild. We thought we were given, and then we really learned, oh, rebuild. Mm, we thought we had a relationship, but God said, no, you think you got a relationship. And see, this is us. We, we've been so used to looking at it for so long, we think it looked nice. Mm. But God said what? Rebuild. And if you ever notice when you rebuild, it's a whole lot better than what it was before. Now, you thought it was nice, but you see, sometimes you get so used to being in something for so long that you get used to how it looks, how it feels, and mm. so forth. When God said, no, I need you to rebuild. Mm. Well, God, I, I thought it was all right. No, rebuild. If you want something better, we say better is here, better is coming. Rebuild. And so don't, let me say this to you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. I got to do a remodeling project. I got to remodel my character because I thought I was together, but the Lord showed me I need to rebuild. Mm. I thought that I was thinking right, but the Lord said, you need to rebuild. Oh, I, Lord, I thought I was praying right, but I need to rebuild. That's good. I thought I was doing right in the church, but I need to rebuild. Let me tell you something was personally with the Lord kind of broke it down to me. I knew I was on the right track. He said, you notice how y'all were doing church before the pandemic hit? He said, now, rebuild. Mm. He didn't say stop living. He just said rebuild. Remodel. Rebuild, remodel, whatever God tells you to do. And so I said, God, I repent because I have built on the sand. You know what I thought was right in my own mind? Mm. That scripture you just read there. Oh, we're doing it the right way. Rebuild. That's good. And you, you, you ain't live long enough to the Lord tell you to rebuild. And then he can sit there and say, well, I'm telling you rebuild now. 
Because you don't know what, what day that storm going to hit. Mm. We don't have uh, what we do. We have uh, the Holy Spirit that tells us all things to come. But his telling you is that you reveal mm. for what's about to happen in your life. And he, I said, okay, God, I'm going to start trying to listen and reveal, remodel, or whatever he tell me to do. Oh, renew your mind with the word of God. Mm. Romans chapter 12. Y'all know the scriptures. This is, don't be ashamed if you have to rebuild. You know, that's so good because we have not had this conversation. And the Lord was dealing with me about putting it on automated. You know how things become automatic? I automatically think my husband's going to be there. I automatically think my wife is going to be there. I automatically think the children are going to do what they need to do. I automatically think the finances are going to be there. I automatically think. And so when you get on automatic, mm, you don't like to rebuild. You want to cruise. You ever been driving? And you know, you know, when you drive and drive, you're you going to be on that gas and you're going to be on that brake and you're going to be on that gas. But when you put that thing on cruise, you can get a little relaxed. And sometimes our family structure begin to suffer because we've gotten relaxed. We're not rebuilding. We're not seeking God. We're not remodeling. We're not updating. Anything in your house after so long is going to need an update. You better check your roof if you're a homeowner. If you didn't have some storms hit, you better check them shingles because, honey, you might have to rebuild. You might have to restructure. You got to check those cracks. I, we noticed that in our house we, we got like, oh, my gosh, we have this fun squirrel that just loves to come and keep me company while I'm working. But what we've noticed is that we have areas in the house where the wood is getting old. We got things that we got we to fix. We had things in the front yard where water erosion was beginning to take away. Come on now. Erosion will eat your family away. It will eat at your marriage. Things will begin to deteriorate over time, but it looks the same, but you don't realize the structural damage that's happening. We had to, we had to do some renovation. You had to do some rebuilding. That's good, Pastor. And so if I know that, then based on this scripture, I have to be excited about coming to hear God's word because mm-hmm. I want to rebuild. I want my structure to be right. Because I know a storm going to come. Listen, you, I know we saw Jesus rebuke the storm. But you might rebuke it one day and the Lord didn't look at you and keep on the storm, keep on coming. He like, they need some rain. <laughs> you can't rebuke every storm. You can't come rebuke on it. Now. That's it. You can't rebuke every storm. And so uh, I, that's why I need to hear God's word so I can have my structure mm. the right way. I know, and I'm not saying that you're not going to have a storm come in your life. I'm just saying just prepare because one day you're going to need that raincoat. You're going to need it. And I have to clear my mind of distractions, worry, people, and situations that may try to cause me to miss when I receive knowledge and understanding of how good and how great our God it is and how on insight on how to operate in this particular hour we're in. I need that. I need that. And see, when I know that I, when, when I come on Sunday morning, I'll say, okay, God, what are you telling me this morning? Okay, I need to renew my mind with the word of God. Mm-hmm. I need to rebuild. I need to restructure some things. See, you, I know I'm saying one thing, but I know the Holy Spirit is saying something else to mm-hmm. you more specifically. That's powerful. He's rebuilding. He's remodeling and so forth in your life. That's why Wednesday night Bible study is so powerful. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about this a few minutes, you know, 20 minutes. But God is still talking to you about Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, listen, we said amen at 7.30 or so, but here it is, midnight, God's still talking to you. Mm-hmm. He's still rebuilding some stuff. But, you know, I appreciate the fact that he does. That's good. I would hate to have a service 
that when I listen to it, it stops when I say amen. Mm. That means the anointing, I'm not grabbing a hold of what God has for me. If you if, if I stop, and when I say amen, we say amen in a few minutes, and that's all you hear, something's wrong. That's good. God, listen, I don't think it, the problem is with God. I think the problem is with the renewing of our mind. Oh, I need well, we to know restructure. The problem not with God. So I need to, this amen. is one thing I had to say, repent and rebuild. That's good. Repent and rebuild. Two R's. I know that the message, but uh, message, but I believe if we catch hold of that, it'll help us in our growth with Christ. And so I repent and rebuild. I believe my family structure, the formation, the order, and arrangement of it. What I receive from God, I can walk in His promises and His blessing that He has for me. As long as I get to continue to know His promises, receive them, and apply them in my everyday life. That's why I need to take care of getting the word from my household mm. before I get too busy or out of balance with church responsibilities. I can't rebuild trying to talk about I got this responsibility at the church. Now, now that, 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 that does not mean I skip church because my spouse says he needs quality time at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. But, but, but pastor. Talking about I'm going to cook you some cheese and eggs and some bacon and some biscuits. At 10. At 10 on Sunday Why morning. Why gotta be at 10? Why the breakfast can't be ready till 10? Come on now, sis. Okay, go ahead. Neither does it mean that my children got something every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. requires them to miss Sunday morning service. Mm. If my family is causing me to consistently miss my feeding of God's written and revealed word, I need insight from God on how to just my schedule Monday through Saturday so we're in place on Sunday morning to receive listen I need to make sure I got the right materials I'm re- see you can rebuild on your own leaning on your own understanding mm. let me say this to you if you want me to come rebuild your house and I have no lick of construction experience it might be cute though it ain't gonna be cute neither <laughs> it may not be that thing gonna be raggedy well, mine's going to be cute, but it may not help, it help you in the storm. I'm going to have some wood sure out there cute. on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to put some planks up. I said, why the plank Mm-mm. ain't standing up? Get you a stick over here. Get that stick over here. Mm-mm. And then, yeah, you going to live in this, ain't you? <laughs> nah. Y'all ain't heard nothing with a chin, chin, chin. <laughs> Don't. But you know, rebuilding it is so important, as you were saying that. And sometimes it's not necessarily that you're tearing everything down. Sometimes it's just tweaking. It's just being mindful. And and it's looking at the word, and we're going to talk about that even even more so, but just being mindful of what the Holy Ghost is saying in regards to um, what needs to be redone or restructured or upgraded in your household. But Pastor mentioned that, um, you know, when it comes to our families, that we, we, we can't allow church to be the reason why we don't, upgrade. We don't tweak areas. We don't seek God. We seek God for everything else. You got to seek God how to love that husband. You got to seek God how to deal with that wife. You know she's complicated. I know, Pastor. He really needs to seek the Lord. You got to seek God how to deal with those children from birth and beyond. I know it's like it requires a lot of attention when they're young, but honey, they stay on your heart when they're older. You got to seek God. 
you have to be able to seek God in a manner that you can't allow that um uh, doing your duties here, there, and everywhere to become a crutch to you, that you stop seeking the will of God for your life. In fact, when we see in Scripture that God wants us to strive to have our family intact before we come into his house and try to tend to it. And that's heavy because what he's saying is, look, I want you to attempt everything you can to do that first ministry work. And that first ministry work is at the household. And you say, well, I better not do anything because I know my stuff is jacked up at home. No, that's not what that scripture said. But you keep working and you keep building and you keep doing what God will have you to do. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. Remember, uh, as you're getting that, all, Paul is addressing young Timothy, who is a preacher or the leader of this particular church. He is the pastor of this church, a young pastor. He wrote this particular letter to him as a son in the faith, giving some specific details regarding the family and responsibility of those in the household. So we start off in 1 Timothy, verse 1 and 2, to Timothy, a true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. So Timothy, of course, is, he calls him a true son, a genuine and sincere son in the faith, in the conviction of the truth of God's written and revealed word, based on God's character, based on God's faithfulness, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy's name means honoring God. Paul was speaking to Timothy as his son. He distinguishes that he and how he references Timothy. He references him more as a spiritual son because he specifically states he is a son in the faith. And he goes on to greet him by saying grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ. So what he was saying to Timothy, he said, Timothy, I'm greeting you as a young preacher with benefits, with favor, kindness, goodwill. You know, that, that young preacher is probably feeling good. Safety, security, and prosperity. And he said, and it's coming from God, our Father, Jesus Christ. And, and I thought about that. I said, what a powerful and pleasant greeting from Paul on behalf of God. It's kind of setting Timothy up for a good conversation, right? Paul is going to deal with some heavy topics, some touchy topics. You might get upset topics when he finishes talking to this young preacher. And I think about sometimes when we be in those ministers, we would be like, whoo, what's about to happen now? Because then, and for those of you who don't know, before pre-pandemic, we'd have time that we could spend with our bishop. And he would come, he'd bring the preachers together. He'd bring the leaders together. But when he talked to the preachers, he talked to the preachers. When he talked to the leaders, he talked to the leaders. Some things you might have shouted about and some things you went home and prayed about. But he was going to talk to you just like Paul is doing with Timothy. So he, he talks about him with various subjects. He talks about him about teaching sound doctrine, fighting the good fight of faith, praying and interceding for all men. He talks about the men and, and women qualifications in the church, how the leaders should be, the, should I say the role and responsibilities of the men and women in church. But he specifically begins to deal with Timothy about his household. And he talks to him um more importantly, about how you should take care of your household before you take care of God's house. 
First Timothy three and five. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? For if a man does not know, he doesn't uh, pay attention to, in other words, it's available to him, but he's not paying attention how to do it. He's not discerning how to do it. What? To rule, to maintain and support, to be a protector or guardian over his own house. How will he take care, physically or otherwise, the church of God? See, Paul specifically speaks to the men in this text. He makes it clear that men have to be in tune to what is happening in their own family, as well as support, protect, and guard them spiritually and naturally. And that's good because, you know, brothers, we love y'all, and we know we can be a something to reckon with. Come on now. So, so you can say amen. I got you, girls. But we know we can be complicated, right? You're dealing with all of us. You're dealing with our childhood. We, we Sometimes we go down on you. Like, I didn't have my daddy in place. He didn't do what I needed him to do. He didn't love me. We got You got her too, yeah? You got the teenage years. You're like, oh, my God, I got hurt and my heart was so broken. Yeah, you got her too. Mm-hmm. You got that broken relationship. You got the ones that didn't, didn't trust. You got the ones that had to fight to be protected, to protect their own self. You got her too. You married all of her. And so you need the Holy Ghost when you're dealing with us. And so that's why he said, he's like, wait a minute. Now, you got to pay attention to what's going on in your household before you try and come in and take care of the household of God. But not only can we be something to deal with, let us have some cheering. The ones that we love so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they can be complicated and complex. I know I wasn't going to get no amen, but that's all right. But that's true. Because they're a little bit of you and a little bit of that person. Come on. And so, therefore, they're coming together trying to figure it out as well. And so he's saying, look, man, you got to be in tune to that. You can't treat your child at 5 and treat them the same way at 15 and treat them the same way at 25 and treat them the same way at 35. He said, nah, you got to watch that. You got, you got to, you got to know them. You got to get to know them in a way that God will have you to do that. And, and that takes understanding them. And here's the thing about family. Family will build your prayer life. Can I, can I say that? Yeah, yeah. Family will build your prayer life. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you go through on earth, you want them to be saved. You want them to, you want to know that they will spend eternal life with Jesus. And so you put up with the comments. You put up with the ungrateful attitudes. You put up with, you know, the spouse saying things that they probably shouldn't have said and shouldn't have even thought of, much less say it. Lord, I know I've been guilty. You put up with things you deal with, with your sisters, with your brothers, with your, even sometimes with your parents. You put up with that. Why? Because they're family. And at the end of the day, you'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that family stays intact. And that's why you've got to have a word from God. You've got to have the spirit of God on the inside of you because you want your family to be delivered, protected, and you want them to prosper. That's that's it. That's what you want above everything else. At least I know that's what I want above everything else. So I'm willing to go through some things with my family to get them to that point. Paul continues to discuss family structure and family dynamics in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. So if you go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. 
But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. But if anyone does not provide, take care of, think of beforehand of his own, not anybody else's, but of his own, and especially those of his household, he has denied, he has disregarded, and he has rejected the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And let me say this to you before I go into my explanation here. If you've done that in the past, repent and get it right. Repent and get it right. And, and let me just say this, too. It's not a one-time deal. Because if you live, you make a decision, it's easy to not think of the family before you make that decision. It's easy to slip into that mode. It's not a hardcore, I did it wrong and I repent one time. You've got to have a mindset, I'm constantly repenting. You gotta have a mindset. I'm humble enough to say, look, I missed that one. I, 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 look, I need grace. I need mercy because I missed it then. And guess what? I missed it again this week. And Lord, help me so that I can make better decisions. Because Paul, at first, in 1 Timothy 3 and 5, he was specifically talking to the men. But now you see, he's opened up this audience, and he's now addressing ladies to anyone. He says, if anyone does not provide. So that means if I don't think of them beforehand, if I don't think of him beforehand, before I go do something, if I don't think of my children beforehand, before I go do something, he, he equated all of us on this one. He said, and especially those of your household, you done denied the faith. And you're worse than an unbeliever. And we know now when we say we ain't trying to be called no unbeliever. Mm, we ain't trying to be called no fool either. But it's some hard times right here. I'm like, whoa, Paul, you ain't playing today. But yes, he said, you, you're worse than a person who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. you worse than a person who's living for themselves and nobody else. Mm, mm, mm. Can you imagine what kind of medicine meeting that might have been that day? Timothy was like, man, I'll just go ahead and go back and get saved. I don't even know if I should be a preacher. But yeah, he was saying he was talking specifically to leadership. And he was and, and that goes for all of us. He says, Hey, you gotta provide. You you gotta think about your family. You gotta think about your household. You can't put them on the back burner. You've got to be in tune because if you're not in tune, somebody else is. Go on, Pastor. And that's why family work is ministry work. Family work is ministry work. In fact, it is our first ministry. Hey, we don't need to wait till they get 15 to start ministering to them. We need to start while they're in the womb and then start working your way, working your way up. We don't start praying for them when they see them getting in trouble. You know how sometimes we used to have those men, uh, youth rallies and then they want you to lay their hands on that child and act it up for 18 years and fix them just like that? No, you start out. Brings up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if you never have read to, the, the Bible to your own children, start today. Did I, oh, sorry. Did, was, that too, was that too deep? Start today if you never have before. Every day you should be getting the scripture to them or saying something about Jesus to them every day. Because in the long run, it's going to pay off. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart. The word works. 
And the word works. And it's interesting when you brought that piece up, train them up in the way they should go. As a parent, your responsibility is to train them up in the way they should go. And when they are older, that means that sometimes there's going to be some maturity. We don't like to see that part of scripture, but I have learned. <laughs> sometimes they look like they're straying. But that means they got to grow up. They have to mature. They have to come back to the core that was in them. But if the structure is strong, the word is going to work. It's just that when we don't put a something in that structure, then they, what is it that they have to go back to? That's why we want to be productive and prosperous and our, with our families and ministry so that Jesus can be exalted and glorified. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. People will come to Jesus and get saved when he is exalted and he is glorified. We are testimonies. That's a blessed family. Mm. They look like they love Jesus. The Lord continues to show up on that family's behalf. They are a great biblical example to follow when it comes to a Christian family despite challenges and hard times. And, and let me say this to you. It doesn't exempt you from challenges and hard times. Because mm-hmm. sometimes children do stuff. Sometimes parents do stuff. That sometimes do stuff too, don't you? And church say it, man. And sometimes. I know you didn't want to say it, Pastor. I said it. I'm trying to make sure that I, I know. Did. You got to go home. Go home. Uh, you free. Sometimes. Husbands do stuff. I know I can be a challenge to live with. I'm not going to lie to you. I still like Kool-Aid. Sometimes. uh, Stuff like that. It's okay, uh, Pastor. It's just sometimes. And, but, there can be a challenge. We need, we need, we need God to continue to be Lord over our families. Mm -hmm. So in turn, they can say, that's a blessed family. That's good. Not they perfect. But you know what? I see them still going. I still going out. You see, they're praying over their meal. Look at them. Yeah. They don't trust nobody. They're praying over their meal before they eat it. Emma, tell you, can I have a confession here? Because y'all get preached on about praying over the meal. Because sometimes it's all about me. This, this is my confession. Sometimes I bite. And I'd be like, oh, Lord, bless this food. And I'm like, Lord, give me power to not take that first bite before I pray. I have a lot of faith that they ain't being into that food. But I'm learning. I'm praying because, you know, I know y'all get to hear it, but I'm pretty sure he's talking about me. You know how when you know the word is telling to you. So I make a public confession. Y'all pray my strength that I don't take the first bite before I say, Lord, bless it. I just felt like I need to tell the congregation that we pastor, you know, because he does. He's very good about praying. When I eat out, I pray with my food. But after that, it's over with. But anyway, that's why I got to be faith walkers. That's good. Faith walkers, we eat out. Faith walkers, we eat at home. Praying, that's good. Faith walkers, or to maintain and maintain the blessing and the promises God has has for us. And so I found a scripture today, and and it's interesting because, and we want you to take what you you gathered today. And next week, I believe we're going into another phase of family teaching. And so we'll be back again next week. But we want you to go out and get people, invite people in, because this the family thing is important. And and in the hour that we're living in, you got to have a safe space to go into. you got to have somebody that you know that has your back, because this world ain't got your back now. You 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 don't don't be foolish. Don't think your friends got your back. Your friends got your back as long as you got something for them. 
But you mess around, don't have anything for them, you're going to be going back to your family. I've seen it time and time again when it comes to sickness and disease. You know who end up usually taking care of you? Somebody in your family is the one that usually comes through. So we need a strong, strong family structure. And normally it's that same family member. Let me drop that on there real quick. Because the unsaved one, they can care less. Well, sometimes they care. They just have a difficult time expressing it. Second Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And I looked at that scripture and I was like, you know what? That means it's going to be a lot of adjusting. It's going to be a lot of changing. It's going to be a lot of regulating our lives to God's word. His written and revealed word. It's going to be a lot of making sure that we are flexible enough to make the necessary changes that's needed that we can progress as a family. So you don't want to be you the only one in the family that's progressive. Because it's still going to be an un, uh, unequal distribution of weight. If you're the one, the main one, that bring in the finance, guess what? You're going to be the one paying the bills. If you're the main one that's doing all the cooking and cleaning, guess what? You're going to be the one cooking and cleaning. So we want the weight of the family to be um, balanced. We want the responsibility to be balanced. But you know what? we got to walk by faith and not by sight. And as he mentioned earlier, family work is ministry work. And it requires a lot of adjusting. we gotta, we got to be able to adjust if we're going to make progress. So if our goal is to walk in unity, it's going to be some adjusting. For the husband, the wife, and the children. We're going to have attitude adjustment, action adjustment. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to be debt free. Lord have mercy. In Jesus' name, it's going to be some financial adjustment. I am learning. I need to make more and spend less. Why did it take me so long to get that? Please get that early. Make more, spend less. If I want to spend quality time, you're going to spend quality time with each other, it's going to be some time management adjustment. Even when it comes to our auxiliaries, if we want our auxiliaries to grow, and, and to fulfill ministry at another level, guess what? It's going to take some adjustments. Whatever we do, it's going to be some adjustments. And God is not going to adjust. He don't have to. He's God, remember? But we must adjust to his written and revealed word. See, the Lord has laid the foundation and the promise for us to possess. But it's up for us to make sure our family structure lines up with his word, and we continue to build, like Matthew seven twenty four says, on the rock. The rock mm-hmm. is the revealed word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall abide forever. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The revealed word of God will cause us to have the family structure that will be blessed. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.